0: Chocolate. 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 Chocolate Chocolate. Bula, chocolate lovers. This month, I bring to you the final full length interview from already released episodes. Tomo Zakoshi is a Japanese chocolate maker based in Fiji since the early 2000s. I interviewed Tomo back in January for the Fiji episode, and I've waited this long to release the episode because today, exactly today, is Fijian Independence Day. On October 10th, 50 years ago, Fiji officially became an independent nation, so it seemed the perfect time to let Tomo share more about his adopted homeland. In this full-length feature, Tomo and I discuss the founding of Fijiana Cacao, printing presses, and the marriage between maker and farmer. So let's get into it. Could you introduce yourself?
1: Uh, my name is Tomo Zukoshi, originally from Japan, and I've uh, been living here for about six, 17 years in Fiji. And I make chocolate, and uh, I do have a plantation in the north, but, uh, you know, we source a lot more from this same island, from support all the farmers.
0: And what's the name of your company?
1: Oh, we have two names, but the you know, most fa- famous one here in Fiji called Andy Chocolate. But we have no product about Andi Chocolate, and our product is the Fijiana Cacao.
0: So why and when did you start Fijiana Cacao and Andi Chocolate?
1: Andi Chocolate, actually, that was in, in the north of Fiji, the you know, uh, second largest island called Banu Alebu, the place called Sabu Sabu. That's where we landed, and we found the cacao there. Right after, actually, we, we had a Japanese restaurant there. And then the time, you know, our kids brought the cacao pot. And then after finishing up the restaurant, we decided to uh, process some chocolate out of it. But then, you know, it's more like to help the farmers at the beginning stage. And at the time, nobody else was making any chocolate. So we just tried to revitalize the plantations.
0: Where were you selling the chocolate at that time?
1: At that time, we didn't have any machines, so we just used those uh, hand-pounding with the sugar. We have a very nice one called... Uh, cover pounder with a little metal piece, just pound it, pound it, pound it. And about maybe, I don't know, nearly a thousand times you pound it to become a bit of liquid. So we just form it. And uh, we sold it to um, one of the resort called the Jean-Michel Cousteau Resort. And uh, before that, everybody was talking to us, that telling us that don't do it. That's a stupid thing. You know, you better go back to the restaurant business. But then, you know, there was no good location, so we decided to uh, keep doing it. And then the manager of the Jean-Michel Cousteau Resort came to us and said, OK, Tomo, we're going to support you guys, $400 a month. Whatever you make, we buy, you know. So uh, we start selling to them, they're supporting to us.
0: What year was this?
1: That's a 2005 or six, like
0: and back then, did you have a name for the chocolate brand?
1: Well, at that time, there was no name. We, we just tried to make something out of cacao. So, but then, like the government of Fiji asking us, we had to put a name. So, uh, Andy is the uh, preference for Queen in Fiji, okay. and uh, we've been pruning a lot of cocoa trees, and the cocoa coming from the mother tree. And then we start thinking, eh, well, everybody's from mother anyway, and cocoa also coming from the mother. So let's do it, you know, the queen's chocolate in Fiji way. Is called Andy chocolate. Mm-hmm. And soon after, everybody started calling us Andy chocolate. They don't, they don't even know my name probably, but, you know.
0: It wasn't like Tomo chocolate, it was like...
1: Nobody is making any chocolate, so, you know, whoever makes chocolate is all coming to us The time, yes.
0: So it was just like... The chocolate of Fiji. There
1: was no yes, like, having yeah. Fiji's own chocolate company.
0: What did they originally use that container that you were pounding into? What was it? Okay.
1: Used to oh, use the oh yeah. So, yeah, that indigenous population here in South Pacific, they drink kava, which is almost like a, a roots of a pepper kind of a tree almost like a ginger kind of looking, but, you know, and it's really like a taste, like a dart kind of taste, but then Mm. give you a calming effect, relaxing. So they use a lot for the ritual, uh, you know, done by uh, kings, like a ratu, we call a ratu, which is like a village chief, and ceremonies, and whoever die or whoever, you know, get married, they all use that one. If you need the land, you have to bring the bundle of a kava to the chief, and they give you land. In those kind of things. So the pounder that they pound the cover roots into the powder, that's how I was used using for the chocolate.
0: Wow. Okay, well that's local innovation right there.
1: Well, yeah, that was the only thing that was available anyway, so you know. And we didn't know how to do anything about the chocolate. I mean cocoa.
0: So back then was Nandi the hub of tourism and visitors that it is now?
1: Uh, It was, yeah. It was, yeah. But I didn't know Nandi much and we didn't know that Suba was the capital of Fiji. We jumped into the sub-sabu from Japan and uh, we lived there. So there's not much internet, there's no TV, no radio. So the place we landed was just the place where we think it's you know, the best of the culture of the Fiji, which is still. But then Nandi is still the hub of the, you know, tourism. Well, for the Nandi, it is now, you know, we, we moved to Nandi, uh, in 2008. And, uh, the reason for that was one of the uh, big hotel owner, uh, his name is Jeff Shaw. He asked us to move to Nandi. And then all the hotel will support you because you're helping the farmers. You're doing a great job. So we moved to Nandi and then, um, we rent small, tiny, tiny, you know, area like the size of this. And we do like a winnowing, roasting, roasting, winnowing, so that everything yeah. at the same place. And then we try to move into the industry side of the chocolate, you know, supply, mm. which we tried. We call it a uh, uh, import substitution and that goes really in a big in demand, but then the production requires. Mm-hmm. So we can do it. so we start making tiny you know chocolate bars which mm-hmm. buys easier at the time. So we start making. so and then the demand for that was only uh, up high market because you know everybody here in a local way, they don't have any cars. They have to travel by the bus, and temperature outside is about thirty-two, three degrees sometimes, or yeah, six. It's like you know, low nineties. Yeah. Much. So it's melts. So only way to transport the chocolate is by keep it at the hotel and resort, and that's what we've been doing at this moment. Uh, you know, all our chocolates kept it at the hotels and resort. And also being used by uh, uh, chefs and uh, resorts and hotel as a uh, cooking chocolate, so uh demand here probably at this moment only coming from the tourist or expat.
0: So mostly like business to business, not so much.
1: Not so much to uh, direct to the customer base, and they can't afford it. You know, it's end up really expensive because in electricity is, to the uh, le- rent and the labor here is quite expensive.
0: So, do local people consume chocolate or cacao in any way, even if they don't necessarily eat your chocolate?
1: Well, they they like the Cadbury, which is the best brand. They think all their taste is based on the Cadbury taste. So, people are comparing our chocolate, which is a chocolate chocolate to the category and uh, it's quite sad so all i do is just put drop one of the category chocolate onto the hot water i'm putting mine onto the hot water and mix it and show it to them it's obvious it's different and we don't put any chemical you know not even the emulsifier or lecithin it's just pure of the pure and they understand that but then you know the taste, but already being established by the chocolate that, you know, they can readily be available.
0: It's like logical understanding versus physical memory reaction.
1: Yes, it is, yeah. And, well, they probably need more of the, uh, uh, you know, logical part and education about the cacaos and chocolates and health benefit.
0: And locality. Yeah, locality. shipping and...
1: Yeah, yeah, help the economy, that's what they all talk about it.
0: So what do you normally do each day when you come into the factory? What is your routine?
1: Routine, I come to the factory, open the door, flip the door sign, and then I start checking around the factory to see any damage or nothing. And then uh, we own the aircon, and then we own the tempering machines, And we own another temporary machine, then check the water pump for the hot water for the chocolate tank. And then uh, a bit of clean up, and then clean up, you know, toilet sometimes, you know, sometime in the afternoon. And then check the emails, and then check the order, and then ready for the productions.
0: I've noticed in Fiji that almost everyone wants you to call. They don't want an email. They don't want a message. They want to talk to you on the phone. Are most of your orders left by like voicemail or email or?
1: Well, most of them are my customers are all the resorts and hotels, so they have all the email system that order system. But some of the smaller resort, like a boutique resort, they just call my phone and Tomo five white five dark, and then I say. Okay, who is this? You don't know my name? You can, you don't recognize my voice?
0: You don't have my number saved. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So, they, they never say who they are. So, you have to recognize by the, na- the, the voice and nature and the time of their call and then, like, number of the order. But then, like, I have to ask them the order number all the time because it's difficult to collect the money. So, I get order number and I'm ready. You know that's how the order process. Most of the small resorts, and they order the most. So,
0: you were mentioning earlier that there are maybe five chocolate makers. Yes, in yes, now. yeah. So, how is the local chocolate industry? How has it changed? Since well,
1: I, th- I think I created it. You know, I I create the industry. You know, and it's obvious, but you know, it's um, it's good. You know, like in some people say the competition is, you know, scary and not good. But then to me, it's increased the awareness of the chocolate in Fiji. And looks like we never lose any, uh, sales at this moment. And also giving us a bit of a, what do you call those?
0: Uh, A slap slap on the back. Yeah, slap on the the back and do, yeah, do your
1: job and things. So Mm. I think it's better to have More companies start making chocolate, so that I really want to have like maybe five more start you know having a chocolate, make it here locally. They're probably going to have a crazy idea, beautiful way of making chocolate. So entire Fiji's consume about 500 tons of chocolate a year. So we have more than enough. We we import a lot of chocolate. So if we can just make it towards, to let's say, 10% import and 90% all local made, that would be great. And it's potential to do that. But farmer has to work together.
0: So uh,
1: what role does
0: tourism play in keeping Fiji's cocoa and chocolate industry going?
1: Well, Tourism Fiji has been supporting our company a lot. So that in each event, we provide like a conference chocolate for the Tourism Fiji and uh it's it's really a uh, supportive amazingly supportive also fiji government is a great supporter of that all the embassies in different in countries they're really promoting as together with the uh, rugby's and in all the things so um they have been doing their best to me and uh, we really we have to work a bit more clever to grab more market to the uh, uh, export market, that'd be great. But then uh, still, you know, I need more brain to, you know, yeah, work yeah, on yeah. it, I guess.
0: What about uh, the tourists who come in? How many tourists visit Fiji each year?
1: We have nearly uh, 1 million, one million nine hundred thousand. Our population 900,000 and we have another 900,000 to 1 million coming. So, we have about 2 million countries. And tourists drops a lot of money. You calculate, 32% of the tourists, they consume my chocolate.
0: So 32% of the people who consume your chocolate? Oh, 32%, 32% of the of tourists, the, yeah, tourists
1: consume Yeah, by calculation wow. of the number of chocolate I, I make, including the turned-down chocolate for the hotels, you know, all those things. So
0: I mean, we did not see very many tourists at all once we left the airport when we got over to Savusavu oh, yeah. and up to Jaketi and over to Suva, we saw very few tourists. Do you have any idea how many of them go directly to the islands <laughs> off the coast?
1: Well, to this side island in the west coast, there's a lot of people moving around, but not too much to the uh, Banal to uh, like Lao, there's another island. Those are the uh, hidden paradise, and that's what we call Sabusabu Sabu as a hidden paradise. And they're beautiful. They still practice classic, authentic way of Fijian living. And it's just a beautiful place.
0: So you've introduced Fijiana cacao and Andi chocolate to at least Japan and New Zealand that I know of. But how has reception been in those two countries? And what do they think of Fiji? When they learn that you're making chocolate on Fiji... What is their reaction? Do they well, know anything about Fiji?
1: The the initially initially when we started, one guy, uh, his name is Mark Christian, he has the you know the web called uh, c spot, you know, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. The Mark called me when I started, and then he told me that is this a chocolate company? And then, you know, is this uh, is I mean, I I might talk to the guy who makes the chocolate. And say yeah do you know what variety, have you done any DNA testing of your variety? I said, what the heck, what he's talking about, we just started. And then that time, he became kind of my follower. Uh, he, he, I didn't know he was a really big guy at that time. So, and then uh, he asked me to send some of the chocolate made from my plantation that we planted. And then he said, it's just amazing, flower, flower, flavors. So that was a day that we, I think, introduced. And then after that, a lot of government agency from uh, Europe and they invite us to, uh, to show that what Pacific can produce. So U.S., Europe, and then New Zealand and Australia is very late. But U.S. and Europe getting very, you know, packed with a chocolate company from all over the world. So now, you know, we tried to plan into the close neighbor. But then last year, we visited New Zealand in Auckland. We brought about 3,000 chocolates. And then the first, second day, one of the flavor 100% sold out. Sold out. And then at the end of the show, at the five-day show, we sold out everything. Wow. So, like face-to-face, introducing myself, you know, talk to them, asking what their problem on what they like and what they don't like and things. I think people like to buy something that, um, somebody who they can talk to about the chocolates. So I think that really gives us the hint of our chocolate. Each bar is important.
0: Every bar matters because you never know who will buy that bar.
1: Yeah. So, uh, yeah, people start, you know, recognizing that's my, uh, you know, chocolate that is coming out okay. from, uh, yeah, uh, we like make them v- No, from cooling tunnels uh, we made. I just yeah. made the uh, uh, vanilla white. Oh. We, we have a uh, lots of vanilla. That was the old one. That's uh, uh, like, that's the first product that we, very first product I made. Yeah. This one was a uh, very, very rooms. fast one, we made, oh, and uh, we spent so much money onto this package. Sure. And uh, we put all that like, a rebo dialect, like, let's say, yeah. ami in Fijian here, called kami kamiza But then, in, in banal yeah, we call amiyamida Or like, uh,
0: What
1: does it mean? Uh, it's sweet. A-
0: Oh, sweet. Yeah, okay.
1: Or like something like this, Totoa. Here, called a Totoka, mm-hmm. which is like a bitter,
0: like you a know, stronger. Strong,
1: yeah. So I put all those different, uh, you know. so cute. Yeah, dialect onto different, uh, you know, package. And then we made even like, you know, all the nice cotton thing. Yeah. But then I end up, the price of this okay. was really expensive.
0: I like this, it's so cute. Best time to eat during the day, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. with a nice ocean breeze.
1: Yeah, that's the sweet one, yes. The dark one, you have to eat in the morning. (laughs) You know, like, uh, see, early morning or late night. This is 81%. 80%. Oh, that's so
0: cute. So
1: that's true, you know, because before breakfast, even the best.
0: What is this... I associate it with your brand.
1: Yeah, the, we call it the warrior of Fijian Cacao, And it's, it's a lady.
0: It looks like an upside down, you almost a stick person with very thick limbs. Holding up something?
1: Holding in. the cocoa knife on one side.
0: Oh. And then another one
1: is called a club, which is a uh, Fijian protect in the village from mm-hmm. other intruder. So, we have a club, Fijian traditional club, but on the other hand, they hold a cocoa knife. So, those are the history of our chocolate package.
0: And this was the next one? Yeah, that's the next one. It changed to these yeah. several. Yes. It's a lot of change.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, the packaging is. Is the something. packaging
0: imported also?
1: Probably the most important for the chocolate, I In- think. Imported. Oh the, no 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 of course that's okay. important. Yeah, the packaging is very interesting that uh we we make our own color. Mixing a color like you know different color is just like mixing uh, chocolate, you know, using a uh, spatulas onto this uh, stainless tables and then mix it with ink. Cuz if I don't do it, those far, uh the printers they make their own decisions to make their own color. Mm, and oh. it's
0: not necessarily consistent.
1: Yeah, it's like this is like we put a little bit of silver onto the blue, you know, and this is what I like, and yeah, what it's we, pretty you know. But then they they're doing kaba while they are making their package, right? <laughs> so the, the the color start different, start changing the color. It's just so much into the changing the color, like our kohi white. We put brown plus the gold. You know, But then sometimes they, they really like the gold. They start putting a lot of gold and it's so flashy, you know. It's too
0: much, yeah. Yeah.
1: So, so yeah, much. I like the subtleness and uh, the ink, the paper to absorb the ink, you know, changing the color in second days after dries, you know. like So those are the uh, packaging that we make. We help them to, you know, consistently keep the same color.
0: And it's produced... Here in yes, country? yeah,
1: here in nandi, yes, oh. one of the smallest printing companies with a, a single color you know process Wow,
0: what kinds of chocolate are the most popular in domestic market wise like for the resorts
1: and- well, for the resort market uh like fifty five percent for the cooking that's our base, but um a lots of people like and for from our sales figure the uh Cover. we put the cover into the chocolate, kava, but it's a lactose. And you know, our cover coming from uh, Takimai, which is the uh, best cover company in Fiji. So, he's one of my friends, and... Uh,
0: so it's kava powder in a 55% chocolate? Yeah. Powder? I've had kava in one chocolate. Powder. Oh, you did? Yeah. yeah. It's very numbing.
1: It is, yeah, yeah. 81, that's a good one, Selling well. But not as much as the milk chocolate. So in Pacific people like the milk.
0: Because the Cadbury really advertises itself as dairy milk.
1: <laughs> yes, but also the human, we like milk. You know, I like milk. I'm making a lot of dark chocolate. Yes, mm. but you know, when you eat the milk chocolate, your body says, "Wow."
0: Your Yeah.
1: I mean, that's what it. And the white chocolate, a bit too much, right? Too sweet and too milky, uh, too much lactose. But then it's good. It's just beautiful taste. Okay. See, so I, I put this one, Christmas Island. We intentionally get the Christmas Island because that's in the middle of the Pacific. And uh, they have a lot of sea salt.
0: Is Christmas Island still part of Fiji?
1: No, no, it's it's not. It's the Pacific. But, you know, I try to help all other Pacific nations. And I've, I've been talking to them, you know, for uh, quite a long time. But they're, they're very, uh, they have an excess amount of uh, sea salt and they really want to get rid of it. But then their sea salt is pure and beautiful. But close to that, uh, you know, we call it Kirit- Kiritimati Island. But then they had the nuclear testing ground, right? So people start thinking, oh, this is a, like all the radioactive. So we did a testing. We did, you know, we give it to uh, Japan and they did all the, you know, testing of the, you know, like, uh, re- caldo, what do you call it? Re- radium or whatever those uh, uh, are. Yeah, and yeah. All of the radioactive things.
0: Yeah.
1: And then they found almost nothing. You know, lower than the average. And then we found out there's a deep, you know, cold water coming from the depths of the water, ocean in that island. So it's all the pure purity is coming out from the, from the you know, deep under the sea. Cleaning up. Cleaning up. And then I put the uh, kombu seaweed because the health minister here says, you know, less iodine is going to be toxic to your body. So you have to put some iodine I say, I don't want to put any chemical and then stick, start thinking overnight. And then I put the combo seaweed, and that combo seaweed stick onto the uh, cocoa nibs, and it becomes almost like a caramelized caramel sea salt taste without having a caramel. That's
0: So and interesting. It, it's, it's
1: beautiful and you know, I love it.
0: What do you know about how Fiji came to have cacao? How, how cacao came to Fiji and was planted here?
1: I know the history here. It's, uh, it's written over here. I put a little bit of history. In 1883, the Royal Botanical Garden of England, we call it the Kew Garden. They shipped the first batch of cacao to Fiji. But before that, there was a story for that. Kew Garden, the Royal Botanical Garden of Great Britain, they send a ship to a Trinidad, Tobago. They they know that you know, Trinidad have beautiful you know, cacao. And at the time they brought the uh, cocoa pods and thing, and then soon after they left the island, Trinidad has the biggest cyclone that they evacuated entire cocoa plantation. So they ended up, you know, bringing some of the uh, Amazon variety to mix and uh, it's called a Trinitario. But before the Trinitario, the British took that to the Kew Garden. And then they grow as a seedling and make it a small branch. And at the same time, the British start putting the tax on the sugar coming from, uh, you know, South America. And the uh, sugar price goes up. Also, the cacao price goes up. So, uh, this uh, uh, the Lord Kimberley, I think. He knows that in you know, his colony, which is Fiji or like uh, Ceylon, which is Sri Lanka, you know they can grow the cacao as well. So he think, okay, let me plant some cacao to those islands. So it's not coming from South America, coming from you know South Pacific. So there is not going to be the tax, import duty tax. So he tried to send it out in 1882 with a mailing ship, and it failed. And then next year, he decided to use some hubs. They probably stopped at the uh, South Africa, and they stayed there for a little bit, and then they moved to uh, Salem. And then from Salem, they shipped to Sydney, and then Sydney Botanical Garden kept it for a little bit. And then from there... The mailing ship coming to Fiji. So they put it onto the mailing ship and landed to Fiji. That's 1883. Wow. 25 years later, another agronomist from, uh, UK came to Fiji to do research about the cocoa that somebody had planted long, long time ago. Mm. But then after the cyclone and, you know, the plantation so huge, like 100 acres, 150 acres, which is about, I don't know, 50 hectares, then, you know, 70 hectares, like that. So, they couldn't revitalize. Revitalization required lots of funding without any income. So, farmers giving up, and the government's kind of giving up, and the market, at the same time, crashing down. So, they decided not to do anything. After that, we came in. So, there was a cocoa all over Fiji. But then nobody buys anything, and it's almost like a jungle. A lot so, of
0: people have, have mentioned the 80s. Back in the 80s, a lot of people were planting cocoa. On yes. Egypt.
1: Yeah, and that's then the time.
0: they just let it.
1: Go. Yeah, because there was no demand. Even there was a demand. The processing requires, like fermentation to the sun drying, requires a lot of technique. At that time, government was asking Malaysia or like equator areas country, to come to teach how to do the fermentations and things, and they are different. The climate compared to the in you know, the southernmost end of the, the cocoa belt, we we probably call this area for country to grow the cocoa.
0: Here in Hawaii. Yeah,
1: yeah. Here in Hawaii. Yes. So we we have to apply for the special technique, and winter time in in one of the plantations we have is going down to 16 degrees. Even the cocoa plant doesn't grow because the cocoa butter on the uh, cotyledon doesn't melt into the nutrients. So they grow the cocoa as a malnutrition. Even fermentation, the temperature never goes up to you know, 40 and, and 50 degrees Celsius. So there's a lots of different techniques to do the fermentation in Fiji. So I just have one
0: more question. Yes. Uh, that's just... Are there any really common or very strange questions that you get asked by consumers or businesses who buy your chocolate or by farmers?
1: Strange questions. questions. Yeah. That's a really good question. I think that's a strange (laughs) question that nobody ever asked me. Well most strange one that we think is that white chocolate is really chocolate. That's, That's really strange. Probably a lot of controversial way of thinking, but to me, chocolate doesn't need to be cocoa-based because if you look at those, you know, history of it, I think it's wrong. White chocolate is a chocolate but not using the cocoa solid. Yeah. And they use a cocoa butter. And if you think about the 80%, let's say 80% of cocoa content, yeah. but then how, how many percent you put the cocoa butter? Because percentage of the cocoa content requires... The cocoa solid plus the cocoa butter.
0: I agree. I think that white chocolate is chocolate. It's just not healthy chocolate. <laughs> it's yes. not very good yeah. for you.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, you know, if you take a little bit of it, it's okay.
0: But it's not healthy.
1: <laughs> yes, yeah. Like yeah. yeah. Satuated, <laughs> a lot of saturated fat in there. Yes, yeah
0: dark chocolate at least has the potential to be healthy
1: balancing out yes yeah yeah, yeah cocoa butter is not healthy but that's a, you know
0: so is there anything else that you'd like to share about cocoa or chocolate on
1: Fiji well not only in Fiji but like a lot of people from the world coming to Fiji to say you know they're a big company and they can buy the, a lot of cocoa and then they they're really confused the farmers here in Fiji, they only buy once and then they didn't like it. They never want to say any word and then change the suppliers to any other place like Papua New Guinea or like Vanuatu or like in other countries. For them, yeah, we are the one of But from the farmer side, you know, that's the biggest stage to become the star of their life. So, you know, all those expectations, they break their heart by promising. So if you... If somebody wants to buy anything from other country, they have to be more responsible to the end of it. You know, just to the life of them. You know, like if they have a cyclone, don't don't get out of other country. They support, they do some cyclone funding and give them like a ration because you know, that's the hard business relationship, but it's more like a human relationship. How hard it is to plant a cocoa under the rainy day in in harvesting without you know bees, the hornet bees sucking, and uh, you know like red ants, black ants. So it's it's happened there up on the ground, and then uh, and then cyclone coming every often, and then uh, after cyclone like our last cyclone, two years we we can't get anything, you know, no income for two years. We have to support that, you know. If we are ready for that, then by from the places that, you know, you think is great place and, you know, good area. And this here we are with the farmers and eating the fast chocolate and whatever the thing. But if you don't, then, uh, you know, just buy from uh, bulk suppliers and then just tell all the lie or whatever the thing. But in the reality, you just need to stick with it and put your life into it.
0: So you wish that chocolate makers would look at working with cocoa farmers more as a partnership activity than a sourcing. Yeah, right?
1: yeah, yeah, like a marriage. Yeah. Like you have to be responsible, and you have no like. Don't look at other places. Just you stick. You stick with it, and life or die. You know. Mm-hmm. You Night feel. You feel like a farmer. You feel like your own cocoa. You can't buy anything anywhere. This is my cocoa. I don't know, maybe I'm too extreme but you know like <laughs> but by looking at it from you know last sixteen years I think I can see a lot of heartbreaking things happening, including my farmers. You go there and then uh, tomo bye bye, the other guy's buying at the twenty dollars